Welcome to the DL. This is the show where we talk about everything in the truck and equipment repair industry. It's my job to help inform and educate you on ways to help your business. We talk with technicians, business owners, associations, industry experts, manufacturers, and even a few you wouldn't think traditionally apply to your business. Welcome to another episode of The DL. I'm your host, Tyler Robertson. This is the podcast show where I get to talk about pretty much anything I want, but I get to really talk about something I'm excited about. I get excited about two things, truck repair and entrepreneurship. Amen. If I can put those two together, <laughs> I am going to do it. We're so, having a good time. Yeah. So in the studio today, I got Mr. Bill Black here with National Fleet Management. Hey, well, welcome. Uh, yep. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm thankful and grateful to be here. Well, I love having you people here in person now again. So yeah. this, is, this, is, this is much better. Um, and this is gonna be a great show because I I was a service manager before. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Very similar things. A lot of similar. Are, yeah, yeah. We have a similar upbringing too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of yeah, similarity stuff going on here. So this, this is gonna be fun. Um, but first, why don't we just explain? You know, what is what what is your company today? Where where are you at today? So let's sure. let's set the scale a little bit for that sure. first. So National Fleet Management. We're in uh, three. We have three shops in North Carolina: Greensboro, Charlotte, and Raleigh Durham area. And we have a parts business, heavy duty truck supply in Wilson. We have about 70 team members, and I think we have 12 mobile trucks right now. Okay, so I'm guessing you didn't start with all this. You start, no. you started somewhere else, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so you know, it's really odd. You know, I always say people don't intentionally get into this business at all, right? They kind of just find it and they get it. It's in their blood. So yeah. how, what, what's your story? How did how did you get in it? So there's a story before the story that I'll start with. So when I took a job at a dealership. They, when they hired me, they had just a piece of land. It was an open AOR. You're a dealership guy, so you yep. know open Area AOR. responsibility. Yep. Yep. It was open for ten years. So what does that mean? That means you had no customers, yep. no technicians, no parts people, no salespeople. Yep. You were starting from scratch. So when we opened it, we we really focused on parts and service. Like, all right, we're going to get truck sales eventually, but let's focus on parts and service. So within 18 months, we had 15 technicians. We're running two shifts Monday through Friday, one shift on Saturday. And some Saturday shifts, we'd have both both shifts there working. We had so much work. But we focused on quality and professionalism. And when you'd walk in the shop, we were a Volvo dealer. There wouldn't be any Volvo trucks because it was an open AOR. Yeah, there's so, no, 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 we're no working on there. Nobody, yep. yeah. We were working on Freightliners, Peterbilts, Kenworths, a lot of internationals. And I was like, man, what's going on? What are we doing? You know, how was how are we so successful here? What is happening? And I think thinking about it, it's like, well, we were we were professional, we were technical, you know, we could do the technical work or we could change a mud flap or change a headlight. We could do anything. But we were professional and we did work in a timely manner. You know, we had a good system in place, we had good people, and we just worked hard and had fun. So that I'm, when I thought about that, I was like, man, this would be a great idea to go anywhere. We don't have yeah. to have a Volvo sign. Yeah, that Volvo dealership sign wasn't bringing in those it, customers, right? No. Eventually, we started selling trucks. You know, I'd tell you, it's like, hey, Kyler, it'd be easier for me to work on your international yep. if it was a Volvo. But, you know, so we started to work that in through the years. But I stayed there about 10 years. And there became an opportunity to maybe become part owner and, and, and work with those guys. But I always had this like itch, like, I think this is something. I think we can really do something yeah. with this. And when you look at the trucking industry, we're kind of where the cars were about 20 years ago with yeah. OBD1 when it came out. Yeah. And, you know, the, the always had to release the information. And now you can go to a, a car shop, scan the car with your Snap-on tool, yeah. buy the part, buy the ECM from Napa. Put it in a car, program it with your Snap-on tool, 
guess what? It starts, yep. it goes, you can put a warranty on it. Yep. And I've seen that's where the trucks are going. We're just taking, we're always about 20 years behind the car guys. Totally agree. Yep. Yeah, we're always, so I'm thinking now when you go to these automobile places, they look professional, they got the technical ability, they're, yep. you know, they got the processes in place. The only thing you do, you can't buy a car. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, that's where I think the trucking industry is going to go. And that's where National Fleet, that's where the idea came to my mind is like, hey, let's do this. And let's just not take 20 years to do it because we've seen how the car guys do it. Let's do it and let's do it you know, a little bit more so, expedient. So you were more on the management side then working for the other dealership? Yeah. So I was a, I started as a technician. I was in the Marine Corps. I'll go back to the beginning. Uh, I grew up in a small shop, welding repair yeah. shop in Buffalo. My dad, you know, as soon as I was old enough to walk, I was working. I yep. uh, got my work ethic from my mom, my dad. And then um, after I got out of high school, I was like, man, I'm going into the Marine Corps and, you know, different reasons and go in there. And they made me a mechanic. I'm like, what the heck? You know, I went an open contract. I <laughs> yeah. figured I was going to be a rifleman or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, here's a wrench. <laughs> yeah, here's a wrench. You can start fixing stuff. I was like, start. I've been doing that my whole life. Yeah. So I was like, well, this must be what I'm supposed to do. So when I got out... Started with the fleet, then went to a dealership, then worked as a foreman, then a service manager, and then eventually a um, operations manager over parts and service. Opened a couple branches for a dealer, small dealer group. At one time, I think we had five, a couple captive shops, and then a couple of our dealerships, and then an independent repair shop that we opened. You know, because you know the the dealer principals seen the value in it yeah. as well, so we started doing some other things. And then when that opportunity came, I was like, but we still had an AOR, you know, he couldn't. And John, John's a great guy. I learned tons there. It was some of the best experience I ever had. You know, he wasn't aggressive, as aggressive as I wanted to be. And, you know, had he was in his upper ages. So he, this wasn't what he wanted to do. And I'm like, okay, well. I think this is what I, I'm gonna do. I, I feel the same way. I worked for a dealership, ironically, for about ten years, and it was no the way. same thing. Yeah, <laughs> same same thing. He, you know, he was re approaching retirement age and trying yeah. to trying to get his family in there and, and trying to do things, but he had opportunities. He's like, ah, no, no, too expensive. And then yeah. all of a sudden, rush truck centers buying dealerships around. Uh, you know, all, all the, the big Writings guys. On the wall, the, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyhow, it, it, very similar thing. Ten years. Um, so you're there though. Mm -hmm. So and then you just. Did you get did you get investors? Did you just go do your own save up money. You just went and did your own thing and scrimped and made it by. How did you how did you get started? Because I think a lot of people listening. Yeah. Are always like, well, how did you how did you make that leap, right? Because yeah. you go from getting a paycheck every week or two, and you know if you get kids and family insurance and four hundred one ks to, I'm gonna go do my own thing. It's a big leap. Yeah. So my story is probably a little bit different because a lot of the guys go from technician to business person, yep. and my experience is a lot different because when I was at the dealership. I was able to learn a lot. They gave me a lot of autonomy, but they also taught me a lot about the accounting, the sales, cash flow, you know, yeah. things, that, things that are very important when you're going to do this. So when, when I decided that, hey, this is what I'm going to do, um, I, I actually used a franchise to get started because I was going to start it while I was still working at the dealership. Okay. So I told the dealer principal, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm making a competitor. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be a competitor because you have an AOR. I, I did a franchise that was an AOR oh, outside, outside, the AOR. outside of yeah. the AOR. And yeah. I just, you know, and I tell our sales guys and our service supervisor, Bill Black does not own this business. You don't know anything about Bill Black. Yeah. You know, and it, it is a national fleet management. So it yeah. had nothing to do with Bill. Um, but he, hey, go see Tyler. These are the questions asked. This is how we can help him. Yep. You know, and this is probably going to be some of his rebuttals, but this is how we can overcome those and do a good job for him, yep. bring him good service. And then, you know, it got to a point that I needed to make a decision. Okay, am I going to 
you know, go or not go. And it was hard because great job, benefits, 401k, uh, all that stuff. And, you know, thank God for my wife because she was tough. You know, you, you know, when you start, oh, yeah. you know, yep. first seven months, I had people ask me, how was it? You know, that's great. You're your own boss. You make all this money. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we didn't take any money for seven months. Yeah. You know, and I was working 16, 18 hours a day. Yeah. So, I mean, again, similar thing here. And I, I, I think we both can say we got 10 years of paid training, essentially, to do Absolutely. to do what you did. Yeah. And I, yeah. I tell people that every day it's, hey, there's no way I could have done diesel laptops without that experience because yeah. I had to be a service manager. I had to be a parts manager. I did the IT. I did the marketing. And before that, yeah. I did accounting at a dealership. I was I was, I was a service <laughs> you, writer. I was a parts guy. I sold trucks. Like you, ha- you yeah. put all those together and all of a sudden you're like, man, I got a really, really niche experience background here that I could monetize in yeah, some way and absolutely. it takes a little bit of time to find that path and it, it took you a while it took me yeah. a while as well and, and, and I'm still figuring it out hey we're, we're, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that in a second too right so yeah. so yeah so that's that's the that's the cool thing so how long were you doing doing the the franchise thing while you were still working there or was it a pretty quick thing once it got going you just decided nah, to go? it, was, it was pretty slow and because I really if anything I neglected the business to make sure that I was given the dealer that I was paying me, paying me for. It, it's hard to do them both hundred yeah, percent. It's, it's really, yeah. it was really difficult. And, you know, my heart was here, but all my effort and everything was here. You know, my wife was, was running the business. She knew nothing about it. So she'd bring, yeah. you know, work orders home and then I would do them at night and trying and to explain what cores are yeah. and all these, all these things. The three C's. And she's like, three C's. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, There's only like, one C. You're like, no, constantly <laughs> correct. Let's get this right. Yeah. 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 So, it came to a point and the dealer principal, he knew too. He's like, you know, you need to make a decision. What are you going to do? And I was like, all right. And then, you know, my face pretty important to who I am. So I prayed and prayed. I said, listen, if this is what I'm supposed to do. You make it clear to me because if I do what I want to do, I'm going <laughs> to screw it up. Yeah. Um, so it was clear. And uh, yeah, it was December 1st uh, and 1999 and or 2009, yeah, 2009, 2009. Okay. Yeah. and that was it. It was it was game on, and so here we are, about 12 years later, yep. right? So you had one, you had one location. Yeah, things was... must have been going pretty well for you to be able to do a second location and, and kind of keep scaling up here. Yeah, so we started in Statesville be, again because of the AOR. It, it was far far enough away that it didn't. So you know, my my focus was always, or my plans were always, I was never going to renew the 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 uh, franchise because i wanted to go wherever i wanted to go um so it was 1500 square foot a flex space it had 12 foot doors i couldn't even (laughs) get a truck in there most of the stuff we were doing was mobile yeah so then we went to we moved down the concord and we were outgrowing our facilities every year and having to move and having to move and having to move and we had a couple opportunities for some acquisitions small acquisitions and then our second branch was in winston and then one of the acquisitions brought us to Greensboro as a better area, better facility. And Durham came on board probably about five or six years into it with, we started mobile, you know, we try yeah. to go in mobile first, build up some business yeah. and then go in there with a shop. Um, and the, the, one of the challenges is just finding facilities now. I mean, yeah. you need 14 foot doors, you need a freestanding ceiling. I don't like beams in the middle of the shop because Hey, he's gonna we, run into it. We have the same thing trying to put training centers up across the United. Yeah. You know, you need a certain thing, and that's yeah. not there's not and a lot of those out there. There's not a lot of them to choose from. No, yeah. no. We've actually we've had an architect, and we've worked on some plans like a prototype. This is the ideal dealership that we, or I call it a dealership now, a branch that we'd want to have, and what it would look like. 
but building stuff right now is yeah it's expensive yeah real estate's expensive yeah it's tough everywhere so i you know i think i remember years ago right i'm, I'm like reading a book i, I don't know it was like a, about papa john's or pizza or something mm-hmm. like you know and i'm sitting there thinking like man there are there are a million pizza places out there why do some of them get to be these huge big companies that just open up thousands mm-hmm. of stores and can grow fast i mean i look at truck repair the same way yeah. you see i mean there's you have tens of thousands of competitors. Well, maybe not because you're more regionalized, but there's yeah. plenty of competitors out there, but sure. you've been able to grow your business. Yep. So I know you, we talked a little bit off the air. There's some, yeah. a couple of real keys to success in, yeah. in your business that you feel that's important. And um, I'd, I'd love for you to kind of talk about those sure. a little bit. Yeah, the three keys that we have, there it's our workflow process, our daily game plan, and treating every transaction as though it was a cash transaction. So the, the three things that that hit on the workflow process it just gives you gives the customer a standard process, you know, the same experience at every every branch. It doesn't matter what it is. And it doesn't, it gives the technician, the service advisor, everybody knows this is how we do, you know, it's the same every time. You know, we, we go out and we, we write the truck up, we get the mileage, we do it, we walk out there and do it and actually look at the truck. Well, the truck was just here yesterday. We still go out there and look at it. You know, there may be something yeah. happened, you know, maybe somebody ran into it, you know, things that you need to, to um, take note of. And then the the daily game plan is probably the most important part is that's when every technician, when they come in, you know, they need to have their day laid out for them. These guys are, they're production. You know, that's what they're called, production guys. So what what do you expect of me today, Bill? Well, here, I'd like you to fix these three trucks today. And I'm going to do everything I can, Tyler, to support you with that and give you your parts, make sure you got your authorization. Because my job then as a service manager or branch manager, it changes from I'm out there trying to crack the whip to get you to work. It's like, hey, what can I do to help you to get it done? You know, hey, this is what our expectations are for today. And let's work together and get it done. And then if the whole team, your parts guy, your service advisor, everybody knows what the expectations are for the day, you know what winning looks like. Yeah. If you just yeah. come in and you're waiting for the phone to ring or you're being reactive all day, well, what does winning look like? Well, I worked hard today. Yeah. Well, everybody worked hard. Well, I mean, I've been in shops before where those technicians have no idea what their next job is or when that job should be done. Right. They're just they're just kind of going through the motions and you got a service writer in the middle that could be getting hammered by the customer and the customer's pissed off. The driver's in a hotel room and just no one's talking. Yeah. It's a big part of it is just having that communication. Yeah. Everybody's frustrated with everybody because nobody knows nobody's talking and all the information is within a hand's reach. And that's. I'll tell you the story how I the the daily game plan. I was a service manager and business is great and give everybody their job in the morning, and then Tyler comes in. And he's you know you need a job. You're done right, and you've taken your time. You've washed up. You've yeah. done this. You picked your tools up, put them all away, and they're going to be the same tools you're going to need on the <laughs> next job. Yeah, you know so many inefficiencies there, and then I'm on the phone. So I got all this work standing over here for. For you to do and for yeah. all the other guys to do and hang on Tyler, i'll be right with you well three seconds later you're frustrated you're gonna go smoke a cigarette you're gonna go talk to bill yeah. you're gonna go talk to this technician and i'm standing there listening to a customer i got yeah. smoke coming out of my ears because <laughs> i'm pissed at you because you know you're screwing off and i'm like no it's my fault yeah. you know I, I i created this situation so the next day i came in Every technician, they've got three or four jobs they got a little note on the top these are your priorities one two and three you know, this customer, he's going to pick this truck up today. So if there's a problem, it's not going to be ready today. I need to know as soon yeah. as you know. And you just do a little morning huddle, you know, set everybody's expectations. Sometimes you could do it as a group. It, it could be a training time. You know, yeah. hey, man, I ran into this yesterday. You know, does anybody have any feedback? Yeah, that I did the same thing 
two weeks ago. This is what's wrong with it. Okay, did everybody hear that? So everybody's learning. There's constant training going on. And then debrief at the end of the day, you know, hey, how'd it go? What'd we do right? What'd we do wrong? What could we do better tomorrow? Yeah, we th- I feel like our competition, we don't have, our only competition is ourself. Yeah. You know, we have to beat what we did yesterday. Yeah. So I remember um, I was talking to, to Keith Ely. He's a, he owns a company. They do consulting for heavy truck the OEM mm-hmm. dealerships, right? Yeah. And they got they got all kinds of just just experienced, knowledgeable people inside their inside their group. Sure. But I had him on a podcast, and I, I've heard him talk about this as well. And it goes right into what you're saying. So one of his service guys, he makes a bet with the owner. He goes, "Look, I will I will bet you a nice bottle. I think it's like a bottle of scotch or something, right? Like, nice. I bet if I go out in that shop, and less than fifty percent of your technicians are are actually <laughs> are actually or more than fifty percent are actually touching a truck and working on one, I will I will buy you that nice that nice bottle. That's right? And this funny. is yeah." He goes, he hasn't lost a bet yet, right? Because every time he goes out there with the owner, they're doing what you're doing. They're standing at the parts counter, they're at the toolbox, doing something on their phone. They're at, they're talking to the service writer. Yeah, and it's not their fault. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's, it's, not their it's fault. never their fault. It's, it's always the management's fault. And it goes back to what you said, the workflow, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. let's try to figure out a better workflow uh, yeah. for these things. I mean, and they get really scientific, right? I mean, they got guys with their stopwatches, like... Yeah, do, like, try, spaghetti charts. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they're like, well, how many minutes did that guy spend walking back and forth to the parts counter? And some yeah. of those shops are 30 days long. It's yeah. it's a haul to go there, stand in line, get back. And you do things like that a bunch of times every day. It gets ridiculous really it's, quick yeah. inside an organization. You multiply that. If it's if it's a half hour a day per technician, you got 50 technicians. Yeah. That's 25 hours. Yeah. yeah. You know, at $150 an hour... 85 cents on the dollar for parts. I mean, that's easy math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's there's a ton of, you know, you have the whole productivity side, how often you collect on jobs. And then yeah. when you're on a job, how efficient are you at it? And I know a lot of managers look at those numbers on paper and just go, oh, okay, you're you're good or you're bad. At the end of the day, they, those technicians usually have a little impact on that. It's usually yeah. more on the management side of things. And a lot yeah. of business owners, I don't think, realize it to, to that point. And it's a real eye-opener once you get in there and see those things. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it, and we'll, we'll hit on you know the technician shortage. I don't really believe that there's a technician shortage. I think there's an efficiency and leadership shortage. Yeah. You know, we talked about some of the dealerships that that I've worked at or that I've interviewed service managers. You know, for them to get a bonus, get a you know, hey, you're doing a great job. Their their productivity and their efficiencies hover around 85, 80, 90 to 95 percent. But when you do the math on an eight-hour day, that's okay. All they need to do is bill six hours a day. Yeah. And it's like in the automobile industry, those guys are billing 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day, you know, because they're just being more efficient. They're, they have their work laid out for them every day. And that's, that's, I think, you know, if we focus more on efficiency and leadership at the, at, in the shops, I think we'd be a lot better off. So, I mean, we're sitting here talking about efficiency and productivity and proficiency and, and, and all mm-hmm. these things, right? Because we, we've been around dealerships and we, yep. we've seen how they operate. Like, we're going we're gonna to do what they, those things they do. They know. Yeah. How many small business owners out there do you think, the guy that has one shop or he's got a maintenance tr- mobile truck or two, do they, do they even keep track of these things in your opinion? Or is it usually just flying by the seat of their pants, putting out fires all day long? What, what do you see when you talk to the people or engage with other companies? So I don't, you know, I, I really can't speak because I don't talk to those guys a whole bunch. I'm so focused on what we're doing, yeah. you know, I, that I, I think some of them do. You know, I think some of them really get it. And you can tell because they're, you know, they're running a business that's, very organized, very structured. I think a lot of the independent guys that get into it, they get into it because they love what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I love it too. This I love doing this. I don't, people say, well, what, what's your perfect job? I was like, I have it. Yeah. And this is it. You know, fixing trucks and being an entrepreneur. This is what I love to do. And I think most of those guys that, 
that's not their focus, you know, isn't the efficiencies, all those. So it's like they, they love their customers. They do a great job taking care of their yeah. customers. They take care of their technicians typically. The problem is that those those guys aren't scalable. You know, yeah. if that guy, I hate to use the hit the bus thing because it's kind of morbid. If the yeah. guy hits the lottery, let's say he hits the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be fixing trucks anymore. Correct. Yeah. Right. Say he hits the lottery. You know, then you've got those customers that he does a great job. He loves them and does great work for them. But then they, they're left with nothing. Yeah. Or if something does happen to them, you know nothing yeah what is he gonna do yeah and I, I think a lot of it too is these guys like you said they they were diesel technicians and they decided yeah. hey i'm gonna go my toolbox has wheels i'm gonna hang my own shingle and, and do their yep. own thing and they can they can be pretty successful very but, successful yep. but you know they gotta learn it's a business right and yeah. they gotta learn those things and that's an entirely different skill set that oftentimes is, is different so me and you coming in having that kind of having huge. that skill set and experience yeah. it's a huge advantage huge, trying to do your own yep. business yeah so I, I honestly have no idea you see these like these 20 year old entrepreneurs I'm like i have no idea how you guys do this I, I didn't know anything <laughs> at that age that would have been a disaster maybe yeah. maybe maybe that's the way some of those go um but you mentioned three so you said there's three main differences we yeah. had workflow we had the the daily game plan daily and then there's, plan. there's a third one yeah and then it's treating every transaction as cash so you know again we had a sidebar conversation at the dealership all you dealership guys out there are gonna love this one <laughs> um you know you most of our work was on charge or warranty work yep well every once in a while we'd get a wave of cash customers come in you know, yeah. so if a cash customer comes in, you got to turn your core in, you got to have your three C's, you have to have everything documented, you got to have your punch times, you got to have everything done to hand the customer an invoice and it has to be correct, it has to look professional, then you have to collect the money. And it's a, that's a nightmare. You know, yeah. it's like a Chinese fire drill. <laughs> Nobody knows how to do that because we usually just let things stack up till the end of the month or yep. until payroll day. And then we had one day at the dealership, like 10 cash customers, everything was cash. And it's like, what the heck is going on? You know, we, we look like, we just look stupid. Yeah. We didn't know what we we're doing. And so we made a conscious decision. Let's treat everything as cash. If it's a charge customer that requires a PO, let's have the bill ready when the truck's ready and then ask for a PO so we can close it right now. Yep. And if it's a warranty, let's have our part tag, let's have all our three C's, let's have all our documentation, all our backup. Now that's changed a lot now. You know, I've been out of the dealership world for 12 years. I know there's a lot of documentation. Yeah. Um, let's have all that ready so when the warranty clerk gets it, all she has to do or he has to do is data entry because everything's taken care of. So if you and then what what are some of the benefits of that? If you're if you're a flat rate shop, your technician time's posted. It's done. Yep. You don't have to worry about payroll day. It's done. If you are a small business, cash is king. You need cash yep. to to run your business. So if you you don't. If you have a customer that doesn't pay you from 30 days when they get their invoice and you take 20 days to send them the invoice, now you're at 50 days. Yep. So it's you start shortening that window to immediate. So, so and then you're, you know, last day of the month or payroll day, it's just another day. You know, I'm yeah. le I leave I leave at five o'clock. On on I left on at the dealership at the last day of the month. I left at five o'clock. I yeah. knew what my numbers were going to be a week prior. I left at five o'clock. Yeah. So I, I came into a dealership. I, I'd worked for somebody else, came into the new place. Right. And I was right away. I was like, we're just doing the same thing. Like we, these things are getting closed every day. That was like yeah. first morning. I'd be like, what did night shift have? You know, yeah. we were just, we were yeah. like close, close, close. 
Yep. File warranty claims. Let's not have this huge rush at the end of the month. So I remember very first month on there. And previously, it's like typical, right? Like end of the month, everyone's there till seven, eight, nine o'clock. Yeah, closing. Like, yeah. It's yep. the last day of the month, baby. I'm going to be home late tonight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it's a pride almost or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't do my job all month. Now yeah. I got to cram it in. Yeah. So I remember, I remember I was like, you know, it was like four, four thirty, And I'm like, well, last day of the month. I'm like, I'm, you know, everything's done. I'm like, we're out of here. I, yeah. I knew my numbers. And yeah. the general manager came there and he's like, oh, so it's got a long night tonight. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, we're leaving. We're done. Yeah, he's like, yeah. no, no, all the RO, everything's got to get closed. And we're like, they are closed. Like, yeah. here's, here's the number. Here's what will be in the morning when everything posts. And yeah. he's like, son of a gun. <laughs> he has a, oh, okay, hard. yeah. And uh, the employees appreciated it. And it yeah. was just. It, it, the it stress was, level comes down. And, and you know what yeah. happened? Profitability went up, right? <laughs> because also we weren't leaving things on the table. Things yeah. were just getting handled. All those misplaced cores and things were getting tagged properly. Yeah. And POs were getting done. And Your memory is a lot fresher. Yeah. When it's right now rather than two weeks ago. And, oh, I got to close I, it. But I know Tyler, if I just knock $50 off the bill, he'll be, he'll happy. be, he'll be happy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you feel bad calling someone like, oh, I got to wrap this PO up from three weeks ago. And you're just like, you just know you're not getting all your money out of them, yeah. right? It's just a different situation. So Yeah. Well, you overhauled that thing 20 days ago and I got a headlight out a week later in Texas. It's your you fault. Know, it's your fault. Let, yep. you know, it's like you've got no leverage. You've got... You know, yeah. Like, what are you going to do? But I, I think what all this comes down to is the fact that you're really deliberate on your business. Yeah. You're you're really, hey, we're going to put processes in place. Like you said, that one person leaves, they get to hit the lottery or mm -hmm. quit or whatever yeah. it is. People know what the process yeah. is and they can pick it up and they can go yeah. a lot a lot more simple. And then cash flow, like you said, that's a huge problem for most companies, uh, even small most small businesses is they just don't have enough cash. Yeah. Um, and I know when I started diesel laptops, I was like, I swear to God, I'm never going to carry any inventory when I have to. I'm never going to have any AR. It's going to be cash. Credit, people want to tooling my credit card on the spot. And you wake up yeah. one day and you got two and a half million dollars in receivables. You're like, son of a gun. What like, happened? What yeah. happened here? And I, yeah. I you know, and it sneaks I, up on I, I, I made the mistake. And yeah. even, even though I knew better, but I was like, I'm going to go sell, sell, sell and market. And we'll, we'll worry about this other stuff. And it, yeah. it all catches up to you. So it's, it's hard to scale a business though. At the end of the day, it's, yeah, very tough. without cash. Yeah. yeah, and we've we've grown. I mean, we'll do probably between thirteen and fifteen million this year, and we've done it with virtually no debt. Yeah, you know, but it's from managing your cash. And our AR, we've got an AR person. She does a fantastic job. Our DSO is like nineteen days, yeah. which you know any dealership would give their oh, left arm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. nineteen <laughs> days. Yeah, it's like yeah. Well, that's how you got to close it. And that that there's well, if you close them right away, it's much quicker to get paid. Yeah. Much quicker, yeah. And when you look at their DSO, it's probably larger, and they still haven't. They got a twenty day front end because they, they, yeah. they didn't even close it. <laughs> yep. And it's like, man, it all steamrolls. And the thing about those mass closings at the end of the month and all that, you're going to do the work anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You just yep. do a crappy job at the yep. end of the month. You rush it. You rush it. Yep. You know, it's when I, when. When I was in the service department, our team, I mean, there was never nothing to do. I didn't have time to shoot the crap with you about the football game or yeah. anything like that. It's like, hey, what are the guys, what's what's his next job? What, okay, what's he going to need? Does he have his parts? Okay, does this customer need to be called? Does this ticket need to be closed? Do I need a PO? There's always something yeah. to do in a service department. Yeah. So what's the future for you guys? Where Do you guys have a like a strategic yeah. plan or goal? Like where, where do you want to get to? Yeah, so the next 10 years, uh, our plan is, again, 495 technicians. That's going to bring us to about 23 locations. It'll be very opportunistic. We really want to focus on North Carolina. 
but like we have an opportunity currently in South Carolina that's not too far out of that it's bandwidth. Good. I know where it is. It's yeah, close you know to the border. It it's close yeah. to the border. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's close enough and it's a good opportunity. So we are focused on North Carolina, but we're also opportunistic if something should happen. Yeah. And it makes sense. So if we got a listener listening here in the North Carolina ish region and they're thinking yeah. about getting out of the business. Yeah, give us give, a call. Give you a, yeah. give you a call for yeah, sure. Yeah, we've done three acquisitions and they were win win for everybody. You know, they were happy with what they got for their business. We were happy to have it. And sometimes there's a lot of good synergies. Uh, we've walked away from some deals that just, you know, just the culture was different and you know, it just wasn't a good fit for us. But yeah, we're definitely, you know, growing, we're on the move. And so you mentioned another interesting thing too, and that's, that's the no debt thing. And really I do yeah. diesel laptops the same way. We have, we have zero long-term debt, cash yep. in the bank. Um, and it was a real struggle there for a lot of years. Yeah. And it's, it's loosened up now that the revenue numbers yep. keep getting bigger. But why, why do you do that? Because I think a lot of people listen to this like, oh, no big deal. I'll go get a loan from the bank. I'll go do, I'll get, yeah. do this loan. I'll go do that. Why, why, why haven't you? Well, it, you know, it's a behavior thing. You know, it's if it's if you have to write the check or you have to take the money out of the bank, you're you're going to be a little bit more disciplined on what you spend it on. Yep. You know, if I have, but if I just have to go sign my name, oh, well, how much is that luxury package on that service truck that I don't really need? <laughs> yep. You know, it'd be cool to have it. Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, I don't really need that. So you get, you know, you're a little bit better with your money. And I think as we grow, we're getting into some real estate. You know, there's debt there. Yeah, 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 I get the same thing. I yeah. have a separate property holding company, yeah, and I, exactly that leases it back to the yep. diesel. Yeah, so you know, I don't know that we'll continue. We'll always be debt free, but I think when debt makes sense, we'll do it. But starting a business, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent the same way, and I, I, I know. We, again, I think we we're talking before we went on here. You know, when you, or maybe it was on. You guys went a long time when you first did this before you started taking money out of the company and turning a yeah. profit, right? And I was, yeah. I was the same way. I quit my, I quit my job. I was like, all right, we're canceling every luxury at home. I'm sitting here, and we got to yeah. go. We got to go sell X dollars per day yeah. to to make our living where we where we're comfortable, yeah. right? So, and were you married? So, married? Yeah, I had a, so I had a, I had a one year old and a three year old at the time, and my <laughs> wife was a stay at home mom. So is mine. So, yeah. yeah, and she, she had a she has a college degree. She's just but it's in social work. So she never never made any money to begin with. Wow. So, so yeah. So that yeah. it was it was a lot of very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we were lucky because you know I was able to for a longer time than you able to do my side business and yeah. and my normal job, and I got paid really well my normal job. But even then, I ran myself debt free. Like I was yeah. I was in huge credit card debt 15 years ago. I could barely go to the grocery store, and I was like, I'm done with this. Like, yeah. let's just figure this out. Um, and people don't equate debt to risk, it, and it is huge. I've yet to see a successful company. I, I yet to see a company that has no debt file bankruptcy, right? Like, <laughs> like everyone that files bankruptcy has a mountain of debt that they're that That's they're, a good that, point. That they're trying, to, they're that. trying yeah. to work through, right? Yeah. So, um, but like you said, I I would still take on debt if it made sense. There was yeah. a big big initiative or a thing. I was very certain. Hey, I can Absolutely. go. I can go do this thing. Yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be afraid of it. It's just a tool I haven't had to go yeah. take out the toolbox yet. So yeah. it'll it'll come eventually. And I think some of the acquisitions that we're looking at, you know, in the beginning they were small and we were able to cash pay pay yep. for them. They're getting bigger, you know, the <laughs> ones that we're looking at, and there'll be some debt involved with some so, of those. So that was the thing that surprised me too as I was growing. I was I was like, oh man, once we hit a certain size. Oh, these things weren't, they're going to be no big deal, the dollar amounts. I just didn't realize they start putting more zeros on the end of them. I'm like, oh, this is, that's this funny. Is a much you bigger decision. That. I was talking to somebody the other day about that, and it's like, you know, what's, what's going on? You know, what are you doing this? And, you know, we've had, got a few things going on over here. And I was like, 
the problems are the same. They're just bigger. Like yeah. you said, the yep. zeros are on the end. You know, you're talking more with attorneys and CPAs yep. where you used to be talking <laughs> with buddies. And I was like, yep. they're like, man, don't you get tired of talking to those attorneys? I was like, man, I can't wait till the time when I got five attorneys on staff. Would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear, hey, for what it's worth, our VP of HR, he happens to be an attorney. attorney. So I'm like, perfect. Smart. Come yeah. on, come on in. Like we got, we got work for you to do here. So yeah. no. And I, I even at our size, we're up to about 180 employees. And that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we're still we're still going fast. And it it just it's just your company keeps changing having to reinvent itself. Yep. And that's yep. what gets hard as you scale up. You can't be that guy anymore that's involved in all the shops. You gotta put a great yep. person there in charge. And it's it's really hard to keep making those great people. those great yep. people to be able to do that. And that's yep. really one of the keys where when you see companies succeed, and I'm sure you can relate as an owner, it is very hard to give up control and be like you got this, right? Just, just ask my leadership team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some great people, and you know, they're they're what they're, they're what's going to help us grow. They're the yeah. only thing. You know, I could come up with ideas, but they're the ones that are executing the processes and creating the discipline at, at the branches that's that's needed for us to continue to grow. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's been great talking to you. you too. It's been yeah. it just, again, we both came out of dealership worlds. We both started something, just a little yeah. bit different areas, but it's both truck repairs. So it kind of yeah. converges back again and everything. So you, yeah. you have a great story. I'm really excited to see where you guys go and how far you guys go and, and where you can bring this. It sounds like you guys are you guys are working through all those things. It's similar stuff we're doing here at Diesel yeah. Laptops as well. Yeah. Um, so with all that said, if someone wants to get a hold of your company or get a hold of you, what is it? Yeah. LinkedIn, phone numbers, email, what how do okay. you, websites? What for do you the website, the main website for National Fleet Management is nationalfleetmanagementmgt.com. Heavy duty truck supply is heavydutytrucksupply.com. And then I don't, I've never done a Facebook, believe it or not. I never, <laughs> never, when I was at the dealership, Facebook came out and everybody was doing it and I was too busy working and yeah. I'm like, I'm watching people. I was like, man, it just takes too much time. So <laughs> I do have a LinkedIn page. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. I have a Instagram and a Twitter, but I haven't touched those I, in probably three years. You know, I'm still trying to figure those platforms out. I don't, I don't get it. I don't yeah. understand it. But a lot of the younger audience is there. So yeah, like, they I got to, I got to go where the future, our future audience is. I don't right? understand how somebody puts some videos out there and then all of a sudden they got millions of people following them. I mean, it's great. It's awesome. But I just. That's all my kids want to do now is be YouTubers, right? Every time I'm like, what do you want to do? I'm going to be a YouTuber. Or I want to, or I want to work at these laptops. I'm like, you're not working at these laptops. You need to figure out your own thing. So, That's funny. But awesome. Great to have you on here you and too. everything. Thanks for having uh, me. I'm sure we're all going to be following your journey. You were definitely cheerleaders over here at Diesel Laptops or everything you have thank going you. on. So Appreciate thank that. you for taking time to come in. I know you had to drive here. It's yeah. been great. Um, and as we sign every, every episode, it's just not diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. And I'm sure National Fleet would be more than happy to help you as well. So That's right. thank you for watching and listening.